Hello and welcome to episode 18, season 2 of the Failsafe Fitness Podcast. My name, as always, is Michael Joshua. I am the owner and company director of Failsafe Fitness Limited. Welcome to the show. If you haven't been here before, welcome. Please like, subscribe, share, all those other wonderful things. This show is just me talking in your ear for the next 30 to 40 minutes about an exercise that you can do to help you improve in the gym, maybe an alternate exercise that you hadn't thought of or something like that, that's going to, you know, you've got pain in your elbow or pain in your back, maybe you can do something different that's going to get you the same result but without putting the load on that specific area. I'm also giving out tips for nutrition as I am a nutrition and weight management specialist. We're into week four of cutting calories so this will be the fourth tip of ten of how to cut calories in your diet. And We're also going to talk about golf because I'm not only a personal trainer and nutrition and weight management specialist, I'm also a golf performance coach. Now note I didn't say PGA coach. I'm not PGA qualified. Mainly because I'm 45 and mainly because the PGA rejected me about five years ago because I was 40. So I decided to go down the route of, well, why do I need to spend £15,000 with them when I can spend the £15,000 on building a business? So that's exactly what I've done. And the results I've had in terms of the golf performance have been remarkable. Not just for myself, but for my clients. I think a lot of them have learnt new, simple techniques that is delivering better strikes, more distance and greater accuracy both off the tee and into greens. I started golf performance last year as a short game coach because my short game's always been pretty good, has always been very good. And I've learned off guys like Pete Cowan, David Ledbetter, um, you know, watching the likes of Faldo and Seve as a kid growing up, Ian Woosnam was a great short game player. You know, uh, Dan Greaves, also amazing. Um, I actually went to a clinic of his when I was a junior, when I was, what, 16, 17 years of age. Uh, so, yeah, I, I've been around a little while. I've played golf for a very long time. Took a very long time off. Um, and decided that I'm going to take my knowledge of the strength and conditioning world and the personal training world and the massage world and the kinesiology world and turn all of my knowledge into that and know what I know and put it into golf performance. So this podcast is very much a fitness exercise and golf performance podcast. And you get to hear a few insights into me. Um, I'm as honest as the day is long. And sometimes I reveal a few things in this podcast about myself that, you know, I'm not proud of. But it's things that I do 
share with clients and now I'm sharing with the world. So welcome to the show. I've bored you for long enough for the last four minutes. So we're going to crack straight into it this week. Now this week, it's going to be a, a very interesting podcast because you may have seen from the little sub subtitle, we've got um, short game sit-ups and salad dressings is, is the title of the podcast and yeah, it's going to get very interesting uh, over the next few minutes and I hope you stay with it. As I say, getting straight into it, if you are looking for a golf performance coach, I am willing to do this remotely online as well, so get in touch, uh, send me some swings, etc, etc, we can take a look at what we could do to fix your issues, but if you are in the Himley Hall Golf Centre area, so West Midlands, Wolverhampton, Stourbridge Way, whatever, I work out of Himley Hall Golf Centre as their performance coach. So they've got a nice little grass range, nothing spectacular, it's not overly, overly flamboyant, but I am working there with, a, a, currently it's about a dozen of clients or so a week, where I'm putting in some lessons in short game, putting, chipping, off the tee, you know, off the deck, long irons, mid irons. I've worked with pretty much everything. I've worked with people who uh, I've fixed 120 yard slices, I've fixed 70 yard hooks, and I've got those players pretty much playing semi decent golf compared to where they're at. Uh, I've also had a few clients sort of regress to from being a complete noob and then playing well to buying new equipment and playing awful. So, you know, equipment isn't always the answer. Sometimes getting lessons isn't always the answer. I will openly admit that. But the one thing you've got to do is that if you're going to commit to spending money on lessons, like I hopefully people who are listening out there will with me, is that you've hit thousands of golf balls in the way that you've hit them. And it's going to take another thousand or two thousand golf balls hit the way we want you to hit them to ingrain a new pattern so you know a lot of my clients i ask them if they do go to the range at least once a week after our session uh, as well as playing golf on course that they need to take away one tip a week to go and work on you know whether it be a feeling in their routine whether it be a feeling in their swing before they hit it or whether it be you need to just work on this shot or that shot on the range. Whether that be going by yourself 50 balls, 100 balls, and you want to, you know, you want to fly it over the 50-yard marker and you want to get it to the 100-yard marker and you want to get it halfway between. So you just split them up into 25s and you hit one after the other. Different yardages, different times, etc., etc. I like them to go away with a plan and an idea of what they're doing. Um, I have got a couple of guys at the minute and, and alas that um, have kind of regressed from being good, goodish, could get it round to, whoa, what happened? And it's because they bought no equipment, whether it be a new set of irons, a new driver or a new putter. Um, and obviously 
if you're a golfer out there, sorry to bore the guys who are coming for the fitness and nutrition tips, but this is where we're at now. I did say over the next sort of 26 weeks, we've got six weeks left of golf before we transition back into the fitness side of things through the winter. But, you know, buying new clubs, different swing weights, different, you know, settings are going to cause some problems. You've got to give them time to bed in. So you can't go from playing, you know, three years, three years, two years, six months, six weeks with one set of clubs and then going into buying a new set and expecting them to perform just as good as they were before because they feel different. They're a different length. They're a different weight. They're different specs to what you had before. So you've got to just feel them in. It's going to take two or three months to just feel them in. And that's, that, you know, that's the equipment side of things. But like I say, if you are looking for some coaching, you're looking for some tips to roll off the tee, fix your 60-yard hook, your 100-yard slice, get in touch. If you do have a lesson with me in person at Himley Hall Golf Centre, I am available Mondays. Currently, it's going to be Mondays, Fridays, and Saturdays. Um, and I do run a little short game clinic on a Sunday, 11 till 12, most weeks. If you want to come and learn one specific thing, whether it be putting, chipping, I tend to run that. It'll be up on the board outside. You can come and take a look and you can come and join me. That's £5 a head. And you'll go away with a new perspective on how you should be doing things around greens. But if you do have a lesson... Um, throughout this entire year uh, for the next three months I have a pressure putt to give away so these things are a little plastic cup that you can put down pretty much anywhere whether it be in your garden in your living room on the putting green a little pop-out plastic piece where if you hit it well enough it'll stay in the piece which means it was a perfectly whole putt um, 20 to 30 pounds i'm giving them away everybody who has a lesson with me in person gets the name gets put in a hat more lessons you have the more chances you've got to win and these things really can help with your putting so if you do want a lesson get in contact get on the website all the links are in the description below come and see me So we'll get into the meat of the show, since we're 11 minutes in, shall we? So, exercise of the week, for those people who've been following over the last few weeks, I've done quite a few exercises where you've needed equipment, so kettlebells, um, a skipping rope, things like that. This week is a little chat on sit-ups. Now, I've had a client recently said oh my back is in bits I'm, I'm just in agony i can't i don't feel like i can work out today and i said well what have you been doing well a couple of th they're new clients so they're three weeks in um so we're three weeks into a into a 12-week program so i do run 12-week programs if you do want to join again information is on the website well, he turns up, back's killing. I, I don't feel like I can do it. I said, what have you been doing? He said, well, nothing much. I've just been to work and this, that, and the other. I said, anything, have you been doing anything exercise-wise? And they've actually been doing. He said, yeah, I've been trying to do 50 sit-ups a day. And I went, what? 
said, yeah, I've been trying to do 50 sit-ups a day. And I went, why? I said, because my test score. Um, so if people who don't know me and haven't gone back and listened to the catalogue, when I enroll a client, we normally take the first one, two sessions, or maybe a double two-hour session to go through their fitness history, where they want to be. We have a chat about what they want to do, how they want to look, what they've done before, what they want to do now, what they want to try, etc., etc. But I also have a list of 15 things that I actually measure. You know, rating from general well-being to blood pressure and, you know, obviously the usual ones of weight, waistline, chest, muscle mass, things like that. And a few tests that I put in there is we do a either a 12-minute run, 12-minute bike, or 12-minute row. And obviously we have data for that to go up and down and we can go and get some results. And one of the tests is actually just the, the basic sit-up. How many sit-ups can you do in a minute? And they were very upset at the fact that the tests, they were below average. And I said, well, when was the last time you did a sit-up? And he went, honestly, probably five, maybe even nearly, nearly a decade ago. I said, so you've gone from doing none in a decade to trying to do 50 a day in three weeks. I said, that, that's why your back's hurting. So I thought it would be an interesting thing just to, just to let you guys out there know that sit-ups can be good, but when you overdo it, you put so much stress on other parts of your body. So especially spinal flexion and the lower back. So they've been trying to jam their feet under their sofa and, or wherever and trying to do 50 sit-ups a day when that's putting pressure on their quads, their knees, their ankles, and their lower back. So I said, just stop doing that. If you want to do anything to improve your core strength, I recommend these exercises coming up. So don't go and do, I mean, if you're fit enough and great, and you can, you can, you can get out, you know, 30 or 40 sit-ups in a minute, 50 a day is not going to be a problem. Um, but please take rest days because if you do 50 a day for 30 days you or 28 days as a 28 day challenge it can take a big toll it can make other things tight in your body so just be aware of that so what I've said is that if you haven't done sit-ups for a long time and your score is quite low I want you to work on some static exercises like a plank so side plank front plank and a solid static plank so those things can definitely help build you internal core strength which will then translate into core strength so when you do some more come back and we test in six weeks time which is three weeks time you're going to have built some core strength which means you're going to have built some ab strength which means you're going to do more sit-ups so, so you know sit-ups alternatives to sit-ups are the likes of planks they are also dead bugs and fire hydrants and also you can do cable crunches 
and you can do supermans and hollow rocks which are all putting the same muscles under tension under pressure building you some core strength without really putting a massive amount of stress on your body so i just thought i'd, I'd put exercises of the week if you're going to do sit-ups are great don't get me wrong i think they're a wonderful exercise but if you don't have a base level which is within normal range of sit-ups and you're trying to smash loads out you're going to hurt something else maybe your back maybe even your knees and ankles will take the hit from taking the stress because when the, the abs get weak or tired you then tend to pull with the quads and the ankles and the knees which can have a very adverse effect on your entire body and feel like you've been hit by a truck the next day so my advice is if you are struggling with sit-ups then do the likes of a hollow rock or a dead bug or a plank those three things are going to build the same muscles with a little bit less stress I just like to get that out there so exercise of the week go and do those three exercises instead of a sit-up you'll get more long-term benefits from those exercises without putting stress on everything else on your body at the same time especially your lower back and talking of stress um, blog posts for this week uh, I've borrowed from Runner's World, so article is very interesting to me, and it's actually about the benefits of squatting and kneeling in everyday life. So whether you're, you know, having to squat for work or whether you're having to kneel, so you work in a supermarket chain and you're putting out stuff on the lower shelves and you're kneeling down, it's a great thing to be doing and it also keeps you very mobile because you're having to move your body weight up and down in, in positions um, on the floor on and off the floor so go and take a read I found it very interesting so I've reposted it it is up on the failsafe fitness blog on the website go take a peek go take a read uh, there's also much more on there there's some food label stuff there's you know proteins fats and carbs sugars alternatives to sugars reasons why you probably shouldn't take some of those you know there's full guides out there there's a lot of things exercise regimes that are all free on the blog go take a look but this week is is the benefits of squatting and kneeling in everyday life to keep you fit and healthy And talking of fit and healthy, your nutrition tip of the week. Now, we've got 10 weeks of this. This is week number four. Uh, there's eight weeks left in this series. So what I'm going to do from now on, um, after this week, I'm going to do six weeks where there's going to be two of these tips. So bully for you. And some of these are really stupid tips. They're things that people should think about and they just don't. And this week is dressings and sauces. So using the likes of a low-fat tomato sauce or a low-fat mayonnaise or a low-fat salad dressing. People are eating healthy, but I say, I can't really eat healthy. I need to have something, a little bit of flavor on my food or this, that, and the other. And I get that. I get that some healthy food can taste really crap. So adding a little something to it, I'm not against that. You're adding calories and as long as it fits your macros or it fits within the realms of the, the, the calorie diet that you're on, then fine, knock yourselves out. 
but taking in full fat and high fat and high sugar stuff uh, through these dressings, you are actually putting yourself at risk of not making as much progress as you think you are. So just be aware that when you are working out and you're wanting to lose some weight and you're wanting to get a little bit healthier, and then you start eating all this healthy, healthy salad and fruits, etc., etc. But then you start piling on the mayonnaise or the salad cream or the salad dressing. Um, just be aware that those can be quite high fat, definitely high salt, and some high sugar. So take the lighter option of those. So the light, the low fat salad dressing, the lower sugar, tomato ketchup, you know, the lower fat mayonnaise. Those things may sound small, but if you have mayonnaise on tuna in a sandwich three times a week and it's going to cost you 90 calories with a full fat and 60 calories with a reduced fat that's 90 calories a week that's 100 calories a week times 10 weeks is a thousand calories times you know 50 weeks of the 52 weeks of the year that's a lot of calories that's that's like a whole almost a week's worth uh, two or three days worth of calories that you've you've saved by just doing one simple thing so tip number four this week salads and dressings uh, salad dressings and sauces take the lighter option because you're gonna long term save yourself so many calories long term it's going to be unbelievable and it's something you won't notice because you're still having your dressing you're just not having the full fat version of it and finally 20 minutes in so that didn't take very long did it it's me talking crap for 10 minutes and then 10 minutes of you know cut your dressing out and then alternatives to sit-ups so go take that on board. Trust me, those things will work. And now we're into the golf game. So something I'm known for in my club is my short game's pretty good. It's very good. Uh, I've had lessons from a lot of people or a lot of decent coaches over the years when I was a junior. Some of that stuck. Some of it didn't. Some of it I've relearned. Some of it I'm now teaching to others. Um... But I genuinely believe that the best golfers in the world proved this week by Brian Harmon winning the Open. The way he just golfed his ball, boringly in the fairway, and then getting it up and down from 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 yards, most 95% or 99% of the time this week, made him a major champion. And it's something I want to explicitly sort of convey to the people listening is that if you want your golf game to be better start from the putting green out don't start from the tee in because only the idiot golfer and only the 25 and 30 handicapper truly believe in their head that by learning to hit a golf ball 300 yards offline is going to help them sc l score lower. 
is going to help them be able to not skull a 50-yard chip or pitch through the back of the green. That that 25 and 30 handicapper thinks that by if I can learn to hit a four iron 230 yards like the pros do, I'm going to be able to get out of that bunker that took me six shots on Sunday afternoon to get out of. So let's be real for a minute here. Um, as a coach, chip and putt. If you can knock a putt from 30 feet to inside 8 to 10 feet and then hold that 8 to 10 footer, you are golden. If you can knock it from 15 feet to 3 to 5 feet and knock that in, you're golden. If around the green you're blading it, you can't get out of a bunker. You, you only chip with your 60 degree because that's what the pros do. I hate to say, but you're an idiot. <laughs> you need to think about getting the ball up and down. So anything inside sort of most amateurs, I'd say anything inside 25 yards, you need to have a, a really good chance of getting it. You know, from 25 yards and in, you need to get be chipping and pitching that ball, putting it inside sort of 10, 15 feet. To give you a chance at a par. From 50 yards, you need to get it pretty much, you know, 20, 25 feet and a couple of putts, get up and, you know, two putts up and down for three. But if you don't work on your pitching technique and you don't work on your bunker play and you don't have options around the green and you only chip with your 58 or 60 degree because that's what Justin Thomas does and John Ram then you are never going to get any better. And the fact that you're probably playing on a course, which currently it's it's British summertime, and we know the Open's just finished, it's lamped it down a rain for two days. But British summertime, you're basically playing off concrete hard fairways, really tight surrounds that have got no moisture in them, and you've probably got a, a 58 or a 60 degree wedge with... I'm going to say 10 to 14 degrees of bounce. Once you've opened it up, you're definitely playing 10 to 14 degrees of bounce. And you're finding that you're crashing the ball into into this rock-hard turf and you're knifing it through the green. And then because you've knifed it, you've then put it back-footed it. You've basically got it on your little pinky toe on your if you're a right-hander. You've got it on your right pinky toe. And you're crashing down on it. And it's either popping up the face and going nowhere. Or you're digging your way to China <laughs> with a new divot. So you need to learn techniques. Eight iron bump and runs, seven iron bump and runs. Go buy yourselves a chipper. I've got a client at the minute who's bought himself a chipper. And... He's adopted it very well. He's taken to it very well. They're not illegal. They're a great thing to do unless they're double-sided. And he struggled with the little seven and six and seven iron bump and run. So with the chipper, he's able to control it like a putter, which is basically what I've been teaching people to do. So you need to sort your short games out, people. 
anything inside 25 yards, you should at least be giving it a damn good chance of getting up and down. 25 to 50 yards, I'll take, uh, even personally, from 25 to 50 yards, I will take getting it on the green and then getting it down in two. From 75 to 100 yards, exactly the same thing. I want to get it on the green, two putts, and walk away. And I would say, go and work on your putting, go and work on your chipping. Go and get yourselves a bucket of range balls and find out whether you can hit an 8-iron 50 yards. Find out whether you can hit a 7-iron 100 yards. And find definitely find out if your tree your your tree if your course is tree lined take out your five and six iron maybe your little hybrid or even your three wood and practice knocking that ball low like a bullet 50 60 100 yards low because by this the amount of people i've seen even this weekend while i've been playing hitting pitching wedges and and, and lob wedges to knock it down through trees, idiots. You're delivering so much loft, it's gonna hit all the branches. You need to deliver something low and punchy. So a little four iron, a little five iron bump, seven iron at the, at the max. But don't go trying to fully pitch a pitching wedge through a gap that doesn't exist. Get a lesson, that's what I'm here for. You know, short game is very hard. Once you start shooting at greens with longer irons, or even sometimes when you, if you know your short iron game isn't great, you'll start missing some greens. So being able to get up and down, even the average uh, tour player misses six greens around, but still manages to shoot on average at least a 71. So being able to get up and down inside that 25 and 30 yards and 40 yard range, that's going to give you a better opportunity to score lower. Um, and on the subject of scoring lower for me this week, I actually broke 75 for the first time. So I've had a few 78s and a 77 um, and I actually shot 74. And I actually three putted four greens. So, I'm I'm here preaching to the world that your putting needs to get better. But in my defence, I'm not going to say this lightly. In my defence, the putter in my bag is two inches too long. I want it on eBay for half the price it's worth. So I haven't had chance to cut it down. I have ordered a new grip. The grip is triangular and with my tiny, tiny girly hands, I can't hold it straight. So I'm either pulling or pushing everything at the minute and it's frustrating me. It's quite, it's a milled face putter. It's a Wilson staff, uh, south side center shafted putter. I won it and I thought I'll keep it at the golf club with my little, little half set that I paid like 20 quid for. Uh, with the wife going into surgery, I didn't fancy lugging my club's back and forth so I left that set there and that's the set uh, consists of a, a yon 9 degree Yonex head cranked down to 8.25 so the face is slightly open I've now started to hit this beautiful baby little cut which I love um, I loved it last year and I've gone back to it this year so yeah thank you for that 
Yonex, wonderful. GT is a wonderful golf club. I've got a 15-degree uh, uh, E30, E33, something like that, Exotics 3-wood, uh, which is, again, serves me well off the tee and off the deck. And then it's 20-pound Hippo Hybrid Irons. So they're very old irons, very old, very game improvement style irons. And don't really have to, you know, smash them a mile. I can just smooth swing them. And I smooth swang around 18 holes and three putted four holes. So, you know, I could have potentially have, have shot a 70. But I played boring golf. I hit fairways. I got it as close to the green or on the green. One putt, two putt up and down walk away and I did that for 18 holes and it was fantastic I've since shot a 40 and a 42 so you know I got a little bit worse but again putter I three putted three greens on nine holes for the 42 so I need to get better with that putter I need to change it I'm gonna change it out and change the grip cut it down so it suits me a little bit more and this is the thing like I say, I've had a fantastic round. I've got clients out there that I've had poor rounds because they've changed equipment. And it's all about the equipment. You need to be custom fit. You need to be able to try the, the equipment that you're buying. Don't get talked into something. If you've gone into a shop, I want Ping G425s or G30s, whatever. I want tailor-made. I want Tiger's irons. <laughs> then I'm probably... The guy, if you're insistent, I want Tiger's irons, whether you can hit them or not, they're probably going to want to sell them here because they're three grand. So their commission's coming out of that. So, yeah, thank you very much. But I'm very much in the root of, especially with short game and throughout the entire bag, you need to have clubs that are going to do a specific job. That set I've left at the golf club I've got a putter that's too long for me. I need to change. So I'm dealing with that. I'm having to manipulate what I do with that putter at the minute. But I've got a set of irons that I've had for a while. I know. And I know I can trust. Miss hits are going to be okay. So I can just hit them. with Swing freely without any worries. I've got a three wood that is just as, you know, as long as most people's drives at the golf club. And then I've got a driver that I played for most of last year, so I'm very comfortable with. And, you know, Yonix, Tour Edge, Hippo, Wilson. I've got four different brands in the bag. And if I look at my actual full-time bag, I've got a Ping Putter, I've got Hippo Irons, I've got Mizuno Hybrids, I've got an Exotics, uh, Tour Edge Exotics 3-Wood, and I've got a Wilson driver. Oh, and Cleveland wedges. So there are actually six brands in my bag. So you need to find clubs that you're comfortable with. You need to figure out what you're good at. And I think the first 12 months of anyone playing golf is just enjoying it. I won't worry about a handicap. I won't worry about anything else. Just go and enjoy playing golf. Get some lessons from the likes of myself. Get better at chipping and putting. Get better at up and downs. Because we can then get better with the longer irons. Replace them with hybrids if we need to. Or a little five wood or something like that. 
and we can always work on the longer game, the longer irons and the driver and off the tee. Because if you can just hit fairways and then you can hit a, a five wood or a hybrid, you know, 150 yards down the down the fairway, you hit your driver about 100, 180, 200 yards. Though that 350, 380 yards, it's pretty much you getting up and down then for a par on most par fours. Unless you're playing something stupidly long. So yeah, that's, you know, you need to go and get yourself sorted up and downs inside the greens. Fix your short game, folks. That's pretty much it. That's me boring you for another 40 minutes, almost 40 minutes, about short game and getting lessons and blah de blah de blah But I'd also like to say a big thank you to everybody who's had a lesson from me this year so far. A big thank you to every single client that comes through my door. And an absolutely massive thank you to Himley Hall Golf Centre who have allowed me to come in and coach and help with... You know, being a greenkeeper and allowing me the time to build the business around me and around them. And it's an absolute honor and pleasure to see that people are reacting to what I'm doing with them. From the guys who, guys and girls who are 19 and 20 years of age, who are just starting out their life playing golf. Um, I think one or two of them hate themselves at the minute for the equipment they bought, but they'll get over it and they'll get used to the equipment and they will get there. We will get you on the right track very soon. And then going right the way through up to the, the gentleman I'm going to play with, I've played with this morning. Uh, you know, 83 and 85 years of age are still playing golf, are still enjoying, you know, nine or 18 holes every week. And I hope at their age, I'm still going to be enjoying the game as much as they do. And it's wonderful to see that the mix of having the young kids coming into the game with all the strength and power, reining that in and making them good golfers. And then all the people that have had 20, 30, 40, 50 years experience playing golf and are still looking to improve or looking to be better. And I'm able to help them and able to give them what they want and and see their improvement has been such a, a fantastic experience. And hopefully through the rest of 2023 and then going into 2024, we can build a wonderful relationship with everyone. And I can build a, on the success of the business and the success of this podcast. So thank you very much for listening. Sorry if I've bored any of you. But I don't care. It's, this is this is kind of for me. Not for you. Not many really kidding. It is for you. Don't do any sit-ups. They'll kill you back. Don't eat full fat dressings. All sauces. Go and get your short game sorted. Before you think about trying to hit a drive. For 300 yards. Please, please, please. Go and take a look at the blog post. It is very interesting this week. And of course, if you do want a lesson or you do want any personal training or you do want any nutrition and weight management advice, please get in touch. All the details are in the podcast description. 
Thank you for letting me be in your ears for the last 40 minutes. I will now let you go. Have a great week, everybody. And I'll see you next Monday. Bye-bye.